0: talk about movies. I'm your host Garrett Inman and I'm by myself again this week. Uh, It's been slightly busy, kind of. (laughs) I have uh, pretty much just been taking care of the house and animals and having to go and get stuff that I realized I needed last second before I needed them. Uh, So in that context, it, it hasn't been super busy, but it's just kind of been Uh, A lot of last-second stuff. I'm going to work uh, on a camp tomorrow, so uh, I needed to kind of come up with something to record about today. It is currently Saturday, right? Yes, it is currently Saturday, June 6th. I will be heading out of town tomorrow, Sunday, June 7th. (laughs) So... I'm trying to just get this out. I didn't really come up with anything I wanted to talk about until uh, yesterday, and I decided uh, to talk about Bo Burnham's new comedy special. Uh, it's a it's a bit different thing. People are saying it isn't a, a comedy special. It qualifies as a film. Some people are saying, oh no, it's just a comedy special. You know, <laughs> I I watched it because uh, a lot of people have really positive opinions on it, and so... Might as well just talk about it because it does have a lot of uh, interesting things to kind of talk about, I suppose. So that's what we'll be talking about today is Bo Burnham and uh, his comedy special and kind of, I guess in a broader context, talk about the pandemic as uh, this was released, well this was made while Bo was in uh, lockdown during quarantine and that kind of fun stuff (laughs) and uh it's aptly being released by the time most states uh in the U.S. are coming out of a lot of the COVID stuff and kind of transitioning or already done with uh the pandemic and a lot of that stuff so uh, you know it might be a good time to talk about all that fun stuff uh And yeah, but before we do that, uh, let's just take a quick look at uh, the movie news this week. This week in movie news is brought to you by, well, I'm not entirely sure what. It's been a very Slow news week, relatively speaking, especially compared to last week. So, uh... Oh, I know. This Week in Movie News is brought to you by sequels and reimaginings and all that crap because nothing in Hollywood is original anymore. A Sony Pictures executive has confirmed that there is, in fact, a plan to incorporate Spider-Man into all of the independent Spider-Man-related movies that Sony is currently doing, like Venom and Morbius. Seth Rogen is making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It is currently in development right now and will be coming out on August 11th, 2023. Thor Love and Thunder has officially wrapped filming with Chris Hemsworth releasing a picture that shows him and the director Taika Waititi. Waititi is seen here in his Korg stand-in costume while Hemsworth is chilling with his freaking tree trunk arms. Holy crap, that man is jacked. Gosh! (laughs) HBO Max has announced a new payment plan for its streaming services. You can now have the option to pay 10 bucks a month as opposed to the 15 monthly payment uh, that has previously been in play. However, this payment plan will include ads and ad breaks, much like the Hulu payment plans currently are. Jonathan Majors, the star of the Last Black Man, San Francisco, Lovecraft Country, and DeFive Bloods is currently in talks to be the next big adversary for Adonis Creed in the Creed movies. Holy crap, these. There's a dude with a leaf blower outside of my window right now. Holy crap. <laughs> That's, that's dope. Oh, there you go. Oh, no. He's coming back. <laughs> a Quiet Place 2 has blown up the box office in its debut weekend last week, earning $57 million in its debut. That far and away blows past Godzilla vs Kong, which only made $31.6 million in its debut weekend. And it also beat the first installment in the Quiet Place series. Uh, which only earned $50 million in its debut. The Netflix superhero show based off of the Mark Miller comic books, Jupiter's Legacy has effectively been canceled. However, Netflix is still planning to move ahead with an anthological world based off of Mark Miller's comic books, ordering a series called Super Crooks. We now have character posters for the upcoming Eli Roth film, Borderlands, based off of the acclaimed video game series. In it, we get to see Florian Montanu, as Krieg, Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis, Kate Blanchett as Lilith, Kevin Hart as Roland, and Jack Black as Claptrap. We also got a teaser from David Sandberg for his upcoming sequel to The Shazam Movie, which looks fun. Why is it so dark? Probably wouldn't have been a good idea to have like one light on. We also got a teaser for the Boss Baby sequel, Which... looks. (laughs) I'm in the family business. And now you work for me, boomers! Finally, Donnie Yen has been confirmed to be co-starring with Keanu Reeves in John Wick 4, playing an old friend who shares a lot of history and enemies with John. That sounds awesome, can't wait. That has been This Week in Movie News. Yeah, I think I need to start watching these back live. Because I notice a lot of stuff uh, watching them back that I don't ever do while I'm editing. Uh, Yeah, first off, I apologize for pronouncing Florian's last name wrong. And I'm pretty sure I probably announced uh, the character she was playing's name wrong. (laughs) Uh, But also, yeah, you can hear a lot of that yard work in the background. In retrospect, probably wasn't the greatest idea to uh, record that. While there were lawnmowers and leaf blowers going. Um, But I'm enjoying watching these back kind of live and actually kind of live reacting, even though I did edit this and film it. So I kind of already know what's coming up. But, you know, it's fun to kind of pick up on some stuff. Yeah, it it was a uh, it was a very slow news week (laughs) this week. Especially compared to last week, where the segment was like seven minutes long, me just trying to spit as much out as I can, and Duncan and I got distracted for 45 minutes maybe talking about all the news. This week has just kind of been little bits and tidbits uh, about stuff coming out, and not a lot to talk about. I mean, it's cool that Spider-Man will probably eventually be coming into the uh, the Sony Spider-Verse type stuff, but... That was kind of something that we pretty much expected would come later down the pipeline, anyways. Uh, Seth Rogen making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie—we don't really know what that's going to look like. I think he produced uh, the Invincible TV show, so it might—it might take a bit more of—I uh, want to say adult, but not like adult in that the context that usually comes with adult, but. A more mature film so that all I can really say on that uh uh Thor Love and Thunder first off Chris Hemsworth uh freaking beefed up I think like his his arms weren't even that beefy uh in in Ragnarok so this is about to be like the greatest comeback story between In and Thor Love and Thunder for Thor but Uh, once again not a lot to go off of all we know is that the movie's done filming they're probably going to go in and edit it and i think it's being released later this year or next year so we'll see where that's at um as you could have told if you watched my episode a couple weeks back uh i wasn't all that stoked about the the marvel movies coming out so i've yet to see a lot that has gotten me really excited uh for a lot of the properties um so I'm just kind of very unenthusiastic about the MCU right now uh HBO Max has a $10 monthly plan if that's something you care about at all uh for me I have HBO Max already and <laughs> uh yeah we I think we're we have, we're, we carry AT&T or AT&T is like our cell phone provider I think yeah and I think at t just offered like a promotion for HBO Max when it first came out and said, we're going to bump you up to this plan to get HBO Max for free. So that's how we have it, uh, which is pretty cool. So if you have at t or are a carrier for them, check that out if you're interested in some HBO Max stuff, because that, that's a really good deal, because HBO Max is a really good streaming platform. Uh, Jonathan Majors is a really good actor. Uh Pretty happy to see him kind of coming into some of these bigger movies. Uh, I've seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco, really good movie. Would highly recommend it. He was one of the standouts uh, for me in that. Uh, and pretty excited if he does end up becoming the bad guy for Creed Three. I've not seen Creed Two yet. I'm too busy uh, trying to make my way through the Rocky movies. Uh, because i've still not i've still yet to see all of them i've now seen the first 3 which i very much enjoy uh so i think i need rocky 4 rocky 5 rocky balboa and then creed 2 that's about it <laughs> um yeah uh quiet place 2 good for it i mean it, it's a very it's a very popular movie so obviously this was going to kind of break out but the amount it has, the fact that it surpassed the first movie is very telling and, uh, encouraging to me. I think this might be the beginning of the theater comeback. Hopefully it is, because I want the, (laughs) I want theaters to be operating at full, full steam ahead now, because the theater, you, you can make fun of just the, uh, the theater experience and kind of how crappy it can be at times where you have stupid kids like just talking to each other during a movie. Uh, I went and saw a Quiet Place too this past week, and of course, of all the movies I've seen so far since the theaters reopened, the one movie that requires silence uh, in order to be effective and create tension, of course, that's the movie where a guy in the audience decides to leave his ringer on. Answer. Oh, get a phone call, answer it, and then proceeds to have a conversation in the back, and I'm trying to watch the movie, and all I hear, all I hear is just, "Uh, oh, all right, I'll, I'll see you there, and the dude has this, the dude has this, <laughs> the dude has this phone on speaker, so you hear, yeah, all right, okay, I, I can do that then, yeah, all right, all right, thanks. and this man has a full-blown conversation about like a doctor's office appointment or something in the middle of this movie so say what you will about the theater experience but there's something just very unique and dare I say magical about going first off just getting in your car and going somewhere and going to another building that's dedicated to show you this especially if the movie's really good something like quiet place too that it relies on tension and sound design and being able to just immerse yourself in this experience. It's very cool. And if I had the money, I would make my own theater, uh, room <laughs> with surround sound, dark lights, uh, theater chairs. And then I just would never go to the theater again. <laughs> but alas, I cannot afford that. So that is why I go to the theaters. Um, uh, I, Jupiter's Legacy got canceled, uh... yeah (laughs) i'm not i'm gonna say it's not that big of a loss i watched it and it just compared to all the other stuff that's currently out superhero related that isn't marvel or dc uh i was excited to see this because i was kind of on this invincible and the boys kick where let's get all the alternative superhero media i can find and jupiter's legacy came out and i watched it And it was incredibly mediocre. I really wanted to like it, but the costumes were bad. Uh, There was basically no story. There's like a twist villain that happens at the very last episode. And it's just not interesting because the entire season has been building up to nothing. It's just kind of been like, hey, let's catch up with these characters or inner. Because, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Or because it's the first season of a television show. Let's introduce you to these characters. And then catch you up with what they've been doing. And it, Sorry, that was a long breath in. <laughs> I'm feeling very breathy today. Uh, but of course... It builds up to nothing. Because there's nothing being built up. Uh, it's a 8 episode season. I watched it in one day. Because it was that short. And... The first two and the last two episodes actually had to do with the main plot, and the f- middle four episodes were just a day in the life of X character, a day in the life in this character, and that was it. And by the time we actually got to the end of it, where it was like, here is uh, the big reveal, I'm like, I don't care, because nothing happened. This wasn't like a big reveal. It feels like this, is, this should be the start of the season, <laughs> uh, where we just kind of get to know the character. Like, this should have... Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. This should have been a 20-episode CW show. (laughs) Oh my gosh, because that's what it felt like. First off, just in tone and and feel of it, but also just the way it was structured. This feels like this should have been, at the very least, a mid-season finale for a 16-episode season where you finally reveal what's really going on and then having, you know, eight or so episodes after that to develop that and actually get into some action because (laughs) besides what we got was just it was just slow and boring and so i say good riddance (laughs) let's hope super crux is good uh let's see borderlands uh i'm not very (laughs) super tied to borderlands uh And uh, I'm not a huge fan of Eli Roth, to be honest. Uh, I've only seen Hostel. I don't think he did Hostel 2, but I've seen Hostel 2. Neither of them are good movies. They are just... You know how people complain about Saw being torture porn? Yeah, at the very least, Saw tries to build up an engaging story and world. (laughs) Hostel is just the torture porn, and that's really all it is. And it's just not pleasant. Uh, so, I mean, I'm excited to see what Eli can do uh, with it. But that's not a name that excites me. And I don't have a huge uh, connection to Borderlands. I've played the co-op with a friend who loves Borderlands. So I'm sure he's excited about this. But I have a friend who loves Borderlands. And we played a little bit of co-op. Like the first 3-4 levels or missions or whatever forgot what you do in those and it's fun and the only memorable thing memorable thing to me was Claptrap. so jack black is clap trap i'm i'm all down for uh i would have to see a trailer though to see to really get a strong opinion on this uh final uh, i guess we'll just skip the the chef Sam teaser short and sweet and liked it boss baby 2 trailer <laughs> uh <laughs> not good yeah you know the fact that this is a sequel to the oscar-nominated boss i can't i can't say that with a straight face i haven't seen boss baby but it it looked bad this looks worse because we have a baby saying uh what i'm the boss now boomers or (laughs) who thought that was a good idea please please tell me who thought this was a good idea oh that's gonna be so bad um but the final bit of news Donnie Yen uh co-starring with John Wick or Keanu Reeves in John Wick 4 uh that is a match made in heaven Donnie Yen for those who don't know he is uh he would probably be most known to most people he was the guy he was Chirrut Mway in Rogue One and if you don't know who Chirrut Inway is, who, uh, who, I can't blame you because Rogue One, despite me really liking it, had very, very, uh, unmemorable characters. When they announced the Cassian Andor show, I said, I said, who? Because I forgot it, it was the lead character in Rogue One, or second lead character of Rogue One under the girl, Jano? <laughs> See, like, it, that, that's that kind of stuff. I just, I don't remember. So, um, but th- the character I do remember is Jared Mway because he is such a very, he's such a memorable character because he, mostly because of the setup, he's a blind, I think monk or a former monk who believes in the force, but cannot harness it. He just kind of lets the force guide him. He's super into the spirituality of it. And he's in a very interesting character but if you watch Rogue One Cheer Imway has a lot of cool action scenes and that's kind of what Donnie Yen's known for he uh i think the biggest franchise he's been a part of it, well besides Star Wars was uh was called the Ip Man or the IP Man I don't I don't know how it's pronounced but I think this is it's like some uh i think it's Chinese myth or or folklore where there's this just, re- this, like, uh, Defender of the Week, kind of. I haven't looked much into it, so I'm not gonna say much past that, but he's known for, like, these, ex- like, r- extravagant action scenes. He He's, like, really up there in the action world. So, Donnie Yen coming in is very exciting, because this is, like, a martial arts master. This was, uh <laughs> this is getting me as excited as seeing uh the guy who plays Mad Dog in The Raid in John Wick 3, like... Oh, we, we actually have some credibility here with stuntmen and, and, and action martial arts stuff. So, that's going to be really cool. Um, Yeah, that barely took, well that, <laughs> golly, I'm looking at the time. I'm about 23 minutes into recording this, it took me a second to get started. I mean, probably shorter than usual, it took me about, mm, I'm going to guess, 18 minutes. Uh, we're probably at the 20 minute mark right now. So I guess it still took the amount of time <laughs> it usually takes me. I thought it would be shorter, but yeah, uh, that that was kind of the biggest news I found. There was some news that came out today about some other stuff that, frankly, I just <laughs> I just didn't care enough about to uh, put on my phone and uh, save for later. I think. Hold up, I'm gonna pick up my phone real quick. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty confident. Oh, right. Yeah, the biggest thing. Cruella's getting a sequel. <laughs> uh, yeah, just kind of... I, I don't really care. <laughs> Cruella's getting a sequel. You know, I I haven't seen it, and once again, go, go watch last week's episode uh, where I kind of complained about it a bit. Uh, but for now, or <laughs> for those who are sticking around... Let's kind of get into, uh, let's get into Bo Burnham's comedy special. Ooh, let's adjust my seating. Oh my gosh. I don't know how people do this for a living. <laughs> uh, especially when I'm just, I feel very out of breath right now. So I feel, I don't know if it's just unique this week, but I'm just hearing a lot of the breathing in my ears and it, it, I don't like it, <laughs> but and I'm sniffing a lot. I think allergies are in the air, too. So, yeah, Bo Burnham, if you guys do not know, uh, Bo Burnham is a very young comedian. He's 10 years older than me. Uh, he turned 30 this past year, as he documents in his stand-up special this, uh, this week, but he got a start on YouTube, uh, doing just kind of musical comedy things. Uh, Singing just about the funny the way uh, the English language is, just kind of messing around with words and having fun with that. And then he got a break doing stand up. Uh, he had two stand up specials on Netflix. One called What, which that's where I got introduced to him. A friend of mine showed it to me when I was 12, 13, when I was very young, and that was where that that kind of defined my humor. For a lot of uh, my middle school to high school days, Uh, he is very, I want to say edgy, but that's probably just how it felt as a sheltered child growing up. Uh, He joked a lot about uh, death and uh, just kind of morbid, the morbid state of the world, Uh, stuff like that. He was... um, he was some he was just a figure in my life that defined a lot of what I find funny now and I credit for uh my occasional dark sense of humor <laughs> uh and then he had a second one called make Happy that I never watched for whatever reason. Uh, so I watched this one I kind of can't kind of came in with high hopes um uh, I thought this was gonna be another like, swing uh hit out of the park i mean i'm looking at uh, the people i follow on letterboxd and all the reviews they gave it we have like a 10 out of 10 a 4 or 8 out of 10 8 out of 10 10 10 8 10 8 10 (laughs) uh 9 9 and then we got one guy who had a 7 and then then changed it to a (laughs) 5 so generally well liked uh people were saying they were laughing out loud at this thought this was one of the funniest most insightful things they've seen uh and this special is called inside it was filmed completely 100 percent inside of Bo's home where he was locked down for the past year so this wasn't a traditional stand-up special where it was one guy on stage uh just kind of talking uh for about an hour and then going home this was a year-long project for him uh and you can tell like he starts out relatively short hair and by the time it ends uh his facial hair is longer than mine and uh his hair I think is longer than mine <laughs> hold on I'm gonna take my head off uh take off my headphones too so I can't hear my breathing in my ears. But like, I mean, look at that. His hair was probably a little bit longer. I can barely see now, but my hair has grown a lot. Uh I think last time I got a haircut was in January. So, you know, he had a lot more time to let this type of stuff grow. Uh and it's funny looking back at my previous episodes. My first episode was filmed in February and very short hair, barely had peppery, like kind of splotchy short hair. And now, now flash forward like five months later, and I wouldn't say this thing's bushy, but it's solid. Uh, got some very long hair. You can almost, you know, see you can see the hair sticking out there. Uh, and my family continues to tell me I look like a hillbilly who needs a haircut, and I have earned the name Mountain Man. <laughs> amongst some friends so times change and you can you can definitely see that with uh inside and the unique thing about this besides this being a year-long project rather than a one night special uh this has a heavy dose of seriousness um where it's not just Uh, kind of what he's known for. What he's known for is musical jokes, where he sings songs making fun of the world around him, or just kind of the values uh, society has, or kind of the trends going on. And he does that, but it's spliced together with really solemn notes of him watching old videos he put out on YouTube, looking really sad, or even just stuff he filmed previously in the special where he looks a lot more happy and optimistic. Uh, and you can really see that his mental health is kind of going uh, down the drain uh, because he's been inside and isolated for so long. Um, And once again, I guess, I guess I'm just making up for my uh, May quota for Mental Health Awareness Month. Because once again, this is another thing about mental health um, but there's a lot more solemn moments in this of just him kind of struggling to hang on to reality, struggling to just hang on to sanity. I I think he makes a joke about, uh, how he's going to kill himself earlier on where it's clearly like early in the pandemic. He's like, Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to kill your, kill myself. Uh, and then a little bit later, his hair is a little grown and he starts saying like, oh, well, if you're going to say uh, you're going to kill yourself, uh, just don't. And he kind of goes on this sarcastic but very macabre uh, rant about suicide. And then flashes in the next scene, it's him watching that rant uh, much, much later uh, in in the lockdown and the pandemic. And you can kind of just see, like, just in that little... Uh, window how far his mental health has gone and uh, so there's some really uh, really sad and somber moments within there and some of it reminds me of a show on Showtime uh, called Kidding which is stars Jim Carrey, and uh, it's about him as a children's entertainer almost like this uh, I call him a Mr. Rogers caricature where he has this, he's very soft-spoken, talks with the boys and girls, and all the kids love him. But at home, he has a very hard home life. Uh, he's getting a divorce from his wife. Uh, one of his sons gets killed in a car accident that he where he's driving. Uh, his uh, his surviving son is getting into drugs and girls, and he just doesn't know how to handle that because he talks down to him like he's the Mister Rogers character rather than his father. And one of the things I absolutely loved about the show, the best part about the show is when it goes full uh, abstract, where uh, this character, they call him Mr. Pickles, where Mr. Pickles uh, goes into the worlds he creates for the kids, and he uses those worlds to sort out his adult issues and how... That's the medium where he can really operate, and it also delves a lot into mental health uh, as well. And that's what this stand-up special kind of reminded me of. There's a moment towards the end where he f- sees the door cracked, and he decides he wants to go outside, only to be trapped again. And once, and he's scared. People are laughing at him. He's up to the scrutiny of the world, and he just wants to turn around and go back inside. Um, and so you kind of get to see where he, he's at mentally towards the end uh and another big part another big theme is the internet where uh this is a guy who got his start on the internet he makes fun of the internet a lot he directed a movie that came out 2019 2018 uh called fifth no 8th grade which was a really good movie but it's about the experience of an 8th grader kind of uh, her blossoming maturity and her uh, struggle to connect with people while trying to do, like, a vlogging makeup channel. And that also deals with how young people cope with the internet, but the way Mo approaches that kind of s- subject isn't, oh, internet bad, lock up your phones, uh, you're being brainwashed. Nothing like that. Uh, he approaches it in a very tasteful way where there is good things about being on the internet. Uh, but there's also time-wasting stuff. There's also dangerous stuff. And it's uh, also a way that uh, you can use it as a cope me- coping mechanism in a harmful way. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I really like that approach. He has a song called well, Welcome to the Internet in this special that is one of my favorites because it, it's funny, but it also, it also rings very true uh, where I think one of the lyrics is like where you can look at Welcome to the Internet where you can uh, look at cat videos but also learn how to make a bomb. The two extreme polar opposites, neither of which uh, should probably uh, be something people are actively looking at. Um, but kind of just the, the dichotomy of innocent stuff you can do on the internet, uh, to very dangerous stuff, uh, where anyone can learn how to make a bomb at any time. That, whoo, yikes. <laughs> so he, he addresses that kind of stuff, and I think a lot of what he talks about here isn't just... What I like about it is it's not directly about the pandemic or the lockdowns. Like, clearly it is, just because we're coming fresh out of a lot of that stuff. But it's more just about human isolation and uh, how we isolate ourselves on the internet. He goes on a little bit of a stand-up monologue slash rant slash tangent where he talks about how we just spend all of our time on the internet. He, uh, He calls the real world uh, canary in the coal mine where we put on our suits, go outside, get what we need, and come back to the real world, uh, which is a very strong image where we're so sucked into the virtual world. <laughs> uh, like I am right now. I'm sitting in front of my computer in front of a camera talking. <laughs> uh, just, just like right here engaging with it and getting up and going outside, going to get food is... A struggle, <laughs> and I get like, yeah, first world struggles, right? But there is something to be said where people get so sucked into the virtual world that the real world seems like the the fake world, <laughs> um, to an extent where you feel like you can really be yourself on the internet, but then you have to protect yourself from the outside world, which uh, I I quite liked, um. However, I said all that, um, I'm not a huge fan of this special. I'm not, I wouldn't go as far as, say, a five. Uh, I would probably give it a seven out of ten. There were times I chuckled, but not the gut-busting laughs, uh, that a lot of reviewers promised. Um, and that's mainly, A, how somber it is. I want to go into a special to kind of laugh at the world, laugh at uh, the insight the comedian has to say. Uh, and a lot of this was just kind of uh, not funny. <laughs> a lot of the joke parts didn't hit me quite as well. And I don't know if that was, for me, like, oh, my sense of humor has changed since uh, middle school, high school. When I was thought Bo was incredibly hilarious. Or if that was, or if it's just, this didn't hit me quite as hard as what um because I I know it doesn't hit me as hard Uh, a lot of people are talking about how relatable this is uh how how hard it hits you and for me it just never did and that's probably if anything it just reminded me of how much of a blessing I am (laughs) I have to be able to live in Arkansas where uh we did not have a governor who forced people to stay inside uh he Let us operate with relative freedom. Um, The most we had to deal with was put on a mask before we entered into a Walmart or something, uh, which was annoying to deal with, but, you know, here we are. We survived. Uh, So when you live that kind of life for a huge pandemic, a pandemic that you hear so much about, uh, but you don't really get the full impact of it, um, you know, uh, it doesn't quite hit you quite, it didn't quite hit me as hard, where it was like, the isolation, for me, the isolation part comes mainly from, uh, I just, like, it, it connected with me more in my experience with college, uh, so far, <laughs> where, uh, I felt like I was desperately trying to make friends, but ended up just not being able to find anyone right away, and so I ended up locking myself in my room, watching TV, and only interacting with my roommates, uh most of the time and uh apart from mandatory meetings and crap I had to be a part of in classes uh so you know I talked about last week where I had a panic attack uh in my dorm room and I feel like that was something that was just long-standing because I had constantly isolated myself uh so that is part mostly on me <laughs> Uh, where I just kind of isolate myself and I got that kind of feeling but in terms of the pandemic man when I came home for summer and my friends were home we were hanging out all the time Uh, we didn't really have to worry about a lot of the restrictions and the lockdowns Um, so if anything this just was a blessing to remind me hey there were people who had to stay home uh, who were forced to stay in their homes Um, and just kind of a, a general reminder of Uh, how I've heard people say oh the pandemic has affected people's mental health and that was what the stand up reminded me of it didn't really remind me of that it was more how the lockdowns and the treatment of the virus has uh, affected mental health because the pandemic in and of itself didn't really like affect anyone's mental health it was a biological thing uh, that affected physical health Uh, I'm trying to dance around this without, without getting super, because the pandemic isn't really the point of this, but it just reminded me, uh, this was a consequent of the political games that have been going on for the past year, uh, where normal citizens like Bo, who I'm going to assume has, isn't incredibly rich, uh, how normal people like him and, uh, just the people you see on the street, uh, Where they're trying to get through this and people up top, the uh, corporations, the politicians, the uh, rich elite are just kind of telling people what to do and not thinking of how it will actually affect them because they don't care. Um, And it kind of just reminded me how the past year, this entire pandemic uh, has just been a political game between different sides of the aisle. And this political game, this this like chess game, uh, cost people's livelihoods, uh, lives, and health, mental health and physical. And that that's a shame because we're not gonna. Most people aren't gonna be able to get that kind of stuff back. Uh, You know, this time, and period, especially for like Bo that mental health is going to take a while, a bit to come back um that's going to have lasting consequences for him uh and it's a shame that this is all the uh effect uh, not effect the outcome of this just <laughs> national political game between old farts in <laughs> in the white house or in uh in DC, in government and in corporations, where they're just so far removed from us, and so they don't care about what consequences we have to face for their decisions, um, but that being said, uh, yeah, I hate government, I hate politics, man, (laughs) uh, you know, no matter how much you can complain about that on the internet, nothing's really gonna happen, because I'm not a a rich elite, (laughs) Um, but getting off of that, uh, that, that's what the, the special reminded me of, uh, and when, once again, uh, didn't fully relate to the feelings, but I understood where they came from and I liked that. I think my main issue was a lot of the comedy didn't work. Uh, I liked a lot of the songs, like, uh, let me talk about the songs I did like first. Uh, white woman's Instagram is a masterpiece. <laughs> I watched that, and I said, yeah, I've seen he like recreates uh, all these pictures that are common on your average uh, 15 to 30, 40 year old white woman's Instagram. And I said, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. My sisters have done that one. Oh, yep, I've seen that one. Oh, so and so did that. Uh, it is so accurate and it is so funny to see Bo just kind of recreate these um, there is another one where Bo does a song, a little ditty, about uh, unpaid interns. Uh which is also which A is just very catchy, but then he decides to do a reaction video to it. Uh and then it goes on a bit too long or too long to where he starts having to react to his reaction to the music video. and then he goes, Oh crap, there's the other and he starts reacting to himself reacting to it, <laughs> to himself reacting to the and it's just it's so geniusly done. It is hilarious. Easily the best part for me about the the special, uh, and then obviously welcome to the internet, great, uh, commentary on what the internet is and, uh, the implications of what it is, uh, yeah, um, those were probably the standouts for me, there was a instance where he pretended to do a playthrough, uh, and the only reason I bring that up, it wasn't particularly funny, it was mainly just a more somber part where he's like, Ah, uh, yeah, this game has really smooth controls while he's controlling himself, just walking around the apartment, crying., uh, which was which was kind of funny, but <laughs> uh, the part that stood out to me and the reason I bring it up was he ends it and goes, yeah, that was that was a really good game. It kind of reminded me of death stranding because it's effing boring. <laughs> and I just died laughing because uh, my buddy, who's super into Borderlands also loves Death stranding. And he got super pissed off when this uh, video game reviewer, uh, uh, what's his name, Donkey, did a review of Death Stranding and said it was bad and boring. So I was just like, oh, man, this guy, my buddy's not going to like this too much. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, besides that, uh, not a lot of them stuck out to me. Um, He does a song where he's FaceTiming with his mom. And that entire song was just like, I've seen this before. This is kind of boring. Uh, It's like not doing anything different. Uh, And then there was one he did called That's the Way the World Works, where he's doing like a children's intro song and then his sock puppet comes in and starts spouting off a bunch of uh, macabre stuff that would probably break a kid's innocence. And I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of funny. And basically how he's talking, a lot of the stuff he was talking, the sock was talking about, I'm like, Yeah, we probably should be telling some of, we should be telling, like, teaching some of this in school. I think he brought up the fact that a lot of uh, history is full of uh, blood. It's made up of a lot of death and blood. And I'm like, that's not wrong. (laughs) Uh, Because I remember uh, in school, uh, you learn about the fun stuff in history. And I would think once you get into high school, you should probably learn about some of the bloodier conflicts and the fact that the u.s was wrong sometimes (laughs) uh something i would be totally down for and i wish i had learned uh i think i I don't know if this was in a stand-up special or if i had heard this listening to a podcast a couple days ago but uh i think it was a podcast someone had mentioned the tulsa massacre i think and said i think most kids don't know what the tulsa massacre is they don't teach that in schools and i was listening i go Dude, I have no idea what that was. Uh, You know, I get that in one year you have to stick to a very uh, firm uh, schedule. But I think U.S. history is important enough. We need to learn the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, And I would even say stretch that crap over two years. Do a two-year U.S. history course where you do a fully comprehensive history of some of the important stuff that happened because you don't, you can't get to all of it in a year, it's just impossible, um, but there's some stuff that stood out where it's like, yeah, 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 I, I completely understand that, and then he said a couple of things that were like, that makes no sense to me, I think if you come from a certain political mindset, it probably makes sense, but just off, like, off the cuff, where it, it's just like, I don't understand that position at all, or why that is something you prison as fact, like the, it, and he remains relatively moderate. Like, he's definitely his own person in presenting himself. He's not, uh, presenting himself as an echo piece for anyone's side, uh, which unfortunately a lot of comedians fall into, um, these days, where instead of trying to tell jokes, they just try to become a mouthpiece for a certain political side. <clears throat> And the best comedians, in my opinion, have been ones that remain unapologetically themselves uh, and just present the world as they see it, rather the world as a party or a platform sees it. Uh, you know, your Bill Burrs, your uh, Dave Chappelle's, and despite not really like thinking Joe Rogan's all that funny, um, he still presents uh, some really funny jokes because he still he he is unapologetically himself. Uh, and those are the best comedians who do that. And so that's why I still like Bo is he's still creative, unapologetically himself and has his own views and insights on things, um, especially when it comes to stuff like the internet. He has another he has another great monologue where uh, he just it's like basically just, well, today you just have all these people who, always have to talk about what they they see and uh, what their opinion is on every single thing that happens and I'm like yeah you can do that or you could just shut the F up <laughs> and I said I want 100% agree with that look it's okay if you have opinions on certain things uh, but when it gets to the point where every little thing that happens you're on Twitter just like about dude just shut the F up no one needs to know about your opinion on everything, especially if you're not in that informed about it, or you just have to have an opinion on something, that's why, like, um, well, in terms of comic book stuff, I don't come out swinging with very strong opinions, where, oh, this is right, this is wrong, I'm just kind of in, I'm kind of in the middle, because I'm new to comics, I'm not super well-versed in them, I'm not, like, You know it's not something that is a core tenet of my fandoms right i'm more into the star wars stuff into uh into movies in general that's that's where i decide to have my opinions on like when it comes to stand-up comedy uh you know like i just said i just prefer comics who are unapologetically themselves those are the ones that i tend to watch or go see uh but i'm not like a huge stand-up buff uh when it comes to songs people complain about their favorite bands and singers Becoming too political. Uh, I just like listening to music that sounds good, so I'm not going to have an opinion. I didn't start a music podcast where I'm going to have an opinion on uh, what Billy Joel Armstrong said on X record uh, for Green Day. You know, I, I don't care because I just want songs that sound good. Uh, you know, you got, uh, what, American Idiot, which was super political. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what they talk about or what they they present, I just think it sounds freaking cool. You know, when it comes on, I may or may not agree with what they're saying, but I'm still sitting here go, don't want to be an American idiot. And then I start singing the Johnny Test theme song because that's exactly what the Johnny Test theme song is. Jeez. Um, but, you know, just have, like, have the stuff that you're super into and then just stick to that. Uh, whenever I have conversations about my dad with stuff going on in the world today, I don't, I don't talk about race swaps, uh, you know, how they cast a black dude to play a, a traditionally white character because he doesn't care. He's not super into that. And to be frank, I'm kind of in the middle. And on one hand, I see it as pointless and creatively lazy. But on the other hand, Jeffrey Wright's a really good actor and he could pull off a, a James Gordon. So I'm still in the middle on that kind of stuff too. But, you know, don't have an opinion on everything. It's good to just kind of be in the middle or kind of just out of the way on something. Uh, You know, when, when, uh, I guess a prime example that kind of speaks to that, this is, whew, I'm getting into some politics here. But when uh, the Israel-Palestine thing came came back up again since uh, that conflict uh, has stirred back up, uh, every Instagram account I got on was just, oh, I stand with Israel, I stand with Palestine, and it's like, blah, 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 and I'm like sitting here going, I can guarantee 75% of these people didn't care or didn't know this was a thing until it happened, and now they suddenly have an opinion on it, and they're just shouting it, spouting it, regardless of if they verified this being the truth or not, and, you know, When it happened and I saw all this, I was just like, uh, you know, I have no idea what's going on here. So I'm I'm just going to take a step back. Uh, This is something I don't have to have an opinion on, Uh, the death penalty uh, debate. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. So it's not one of my main uh, issues that I would vote on. So I just kind of take a step back and let people who are more into it, more uh, knowledgeable and informed, take it away. That's how that kind of crap should be. It shouldn't just be, well, I have an opinion on this. I have an opinion on, even with the COVID stuff, listen to the doc, listen to the doctors, listen to the science, but you still have the people saying that, expressing their opinions and trying to tell people they're wrong. Uh, But I thought only doctors and scientists should be telling us. Um, Everyone has to have an opinion on something. Uh, That's, you know, I'm doing a podcast where I have opinions on movies. It's just kind of like this cultural anomaly where we, everyone has to say something about everything. Uh, And they like in uh, the welcome to the internet song, everybody has to have a little bit of everything all of the time. (laughs) They just have to constantly express their opinion on everything, regardless of if they had one previously or not. Anytime something's trending on Instagram, the the same people always have an opinion on it and regardless of if they're informed on it or not and it's just it's exhausting that's why i don't have a twitter i'm never getting a twitter even for this i have an instagram i'm never getting a twitter because i just cannot my mental health i can barely grasp the idea of it seeing kind of the screenshots that pop up on instagram i cannot handle all of that 24-7, uh, but back to the stand-up special, I still really liked it, uh, it, I still liked it, I just didn't love it like a lot of people did, um, and I'm going to read this, the, the five-star review from the person I follow on Letterboxd, who, uh, rated this, not the whole thing, it's pretty long, uh, but, uh, uh let me try to, let's see, I'm going to try to get to the part that I I was just like this. This is very accurate. He says these types of projects and films are made for the internet generation. And for the most part, the type of audience this caters to are suburban white kids who don't really know how to handle the outside world and are stuck in an eternal cycle of teenage them, teenage them. They stick to overly sarcastic humor all the time then when something like this comes around, it really speaks to them and shows their vulnerable side. Comedians like Bo Burnham speak to them because he literally is one of them. He's a white suburban kid stuck in his teenage years in regards to both emotional development and attitude. Uh, first off, yoinks. Zoinks, that's harsh. But also, he's not wrong. (laughs) He's not really wrong. I am a white suburban kid who, uh, does not know how to handle the outside world, and I am perpetually stuck in my teenage dumb. I, I, I'm the type of 20-year-old who binge-watches uh, Gravity Falls and the Amazing World of Gumball in my spare time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am completely stuck in my teenage dumb. I have sarcastic, uh, dark sense of humor. Uh, most of my flirting with women is... Saying something that is probably would probably be insulting, but because it's in- it's sarcastic and uh, you know goofy, uh, they accept it, and then they just take it as like a joke from a friend, and then I'm, <laughs> <laughs> see there it is, self deprecating and sarcastic. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, and I get, I you know he goes down and says. The whole COVID thing, while people are worried about making enough money and sustaining their family, the aforementioned people's biggest concern is the fact that they can't go outside and see their friends. Um, they might try to hide behind some bigger issues, but they're paper-thin as their real issues are self-absorbed and surface-level. Kind of like most of the things Burnham says in this special... <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and that's kind of where I get off of the boat with in terms of agreeing with him. Because I... I would agree some of this is surface level, um, but self-absorbed, maybe not. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I would say, yes, while white suburban kids, most of them probably don't have to worry about the financial troubles of this. I I think part of that attitude, part of what that guy just said was um, (laughs) he he kind of dismisses the mental issue, right? Because this is all about um, just the the struggle of being isolated and the effect that has on your mental health and how that can drive people to suicide. And I think kind of the dismissal dismissive attitude, and this is from a lot of people, a lot of people I agree with too, where um, you have people because they're in the entertainment industry struggling with uh, mental issues. Uh, people kind of just dismiss it of, Oh, yeah, you have a giant mansion and you have a butler probably. So, oh, your life sucks so much. And I get that attitude, um, especially when it comes to rich people talking down to you and saying, Oh, we're all in th- the whole we're all in this together thing is baloney. But in terms of when they open up about mental health issues and the automatic reaction is dismissive because you have all these material objects, you know, uh, that goes back to the Joker discussion last week I had with Duncan, where there's still people, and mental health is not something to to scoff at. Uh, this, you know, anyone can have mental issues. That is a class, that, that jumps the class barrier for everyone. You know, uh, the homeless person on the street can struggle with the same mental issues that friggin' Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos struggles with. It's not it's not something to dismiss. I get that uh, it can seem a bit derivative uh, for an a upper-middle class, probably, or rich uh, white guy to be doing a stand-up special uh, about his mental health and how it's deteriorated uh, while there are people who whose businesses went out because they were forced to go home and weren't allowed to reopen by the government, uh, and they can't provide for their families now. They've had There's been people who've had to be evicted from their uh, apartments and houses because they can't pay for it because their business is shut down uh, because of all the, the political games going on. And I get that that can be frustrating where you're seeing this guy who probably got paid Uh, hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars to put this out Uh, and he complains about his mental health I can see how that feels derivative and it can make you upset but uh, I think I heard it best from maybe Austin Burke in his review or when I read it uh, where he said this time in our lives affects everyone differently and in not less found ways some lighter uh, but in some heavier but in no less valid ways and uh i would completely agree with that Uh, while the pandemic and its and the political games and the those effects didn't directly affect me financially or uh physically or mentally definitely uh definitely just current situations and some of the stuff that has happened in the past year has definitely affected me in that way, and that is stuff that I struggled with and am currently struggling with. Um, you know, nothing as a result to uh, the vid, but still, it. Uh, you know, this the past year has affected different people differently, and I think that is something we can all definitely carry uh, because I know for me, I didn't think too much about uh, uh, the shutdowns and crap. I just. You know, I was just like, I'm glad I can go outside, but then you see how that affected Bo, and it's like, he's he's a successful dude. uh, He's relatively famous, and that's what he struggled with because he couldn't leave his house. He tried to distract himself with creativity, and it might have helped a little bit, but he ultimately needed that human contact, uh, and that's something you shouldn't flippantly dismiss. So, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it has been a tough year for everyone in different ways, but it's been a tough year regardless, unless you, uh, own a giant effing corporation or unless you got paid to sit and complain and argue with people (laughs) in a certain white house called the Capitol, (laughs) because that's where all the arguing's made. I I learned that in school. Uh, dang. This was a little heavy, uh, especially for a comedy stand-up talking about that. Um, yeah, Whew. I think I'm gonna wrap it up there. Uh, I'm supposed to go over and hang out with my friends some point later today. Uh, there's this thing that some people may not know about called Attack on Titan that I'm catching up on. Uh, really good show. Uh, I'm I'm never gonna say I'm a weeaboo, but anime's all right. <laughs> uh, friend. My Borderlands friend, I'm just going to call him that, my Borderlands friend, uh, made me made me and Brock from the first episode <laughs> of this show uh, watch, down and watch Attack on Titan. We finished season one without him, and now we're getting together today to start season two, so that'll be fun. Tomorrow, going off to a camp, won't get back until maybe Wednesday, so as far as I'm aware of, you guys should expect to see me uh next week as well um if not i'll let y'all know on the instagram account um yeah i think that's it for me it is wow this was surprisingly heavy uh uh i think yeah i'm gonna put in down in the description i'm gonna point down for youtube and rumble uh if you're listening on spotify apple Podcasts, first off give us a five star rating on apple Podcasts. give us a subscriber and a follow uh, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Rumble, uh, give us a like, I'll, I think it's called a call Rumble on Rumble, uh, there, and yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that episode, but in those descriptions, uh, I think, I'm gonna try, <laughs> I think I'll remember where to get it, I'm sure Google will, but if you, if you do struggle with mental health or, or suicide, uh, I'm gonna put the number, the phone number for the Suicide Prevention Hotline, uh, down in the description, uh, I guess up here, <laughs> presented up here, but definitely down in the description. Uh, I don't know if I'll have enough time to edit much of this. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and if you do so struggle with depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, call the, that number. But also, uh, just know that you are loved. Uh, you have value on this earth, Uh, I'm not really good at talking about this, but you're loved, you're valued, um, and there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, (laughs) uh, Don't I know it? Uh, But yeah, thank you for this very downer, uh, it feels like, episode of uh, The Cinema Lounge. And as you can see, uh, if you're watching... The sun's up. I did not record this uh, in the middle of the night. So, uh, yay me. Thank you guys for watching. I already told you all to do all the things. We're going to wrap up. I forgot to do, do this last week. But we're going to wrap up with our two new closing segments. Uh, if you only watched last week week's episode, we started doing a segment, two segments. Uh, one where I tell you guys about the new releases this week and one about uh my weekly recommendation something i think you guys should check out um uh, if you can so uh i'm i want to end every episode like that just hey especially if you have a very depressing episode like we did today uh just kind of something to get you more excited uh leave on a high note um yeah so release radar not a lot coming out this weekend um unlike last weekend, which was actually really packed, uh, but this weekend, yes, uh, as a recording, yesterday, on Friday, The Conjuring 3, uh, The Devil Made, Made Me Do It came out, uh, and uh, my, father, my father loves those trailers, because the announcer voice, you don't get a lot of those anymore in trailers, and he's not like the John Bailey, uh, epic, epic voice guy. This guy's a bit more sinister sounding, so it's the Conjuring 3, the devil made me do it. And my dad just loves that voice and he imitates it all the time. Uh, if you guys like The Conjuring, go check it out. It is in theaters and on HBO Max for the rem- the rest of this month. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you, if you've seen The Conjuring, go see it. I have not seen any of them. I'm about to, <laughs> this, this upcoming week, uh, I'm about to watch Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Conjuring 3, the devil made me do it. And, uh... All the spin-offs. Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, The Curse of La Llorona. I'm going to go, I'm going to watch all that crap. It's all on HBO Max now. I'm about to have me a Conjuring uh, binge. So, if that you know, sounds interesting to you guys, go watch it. Uh, also, season two of The Family Man is uh, coming out, came out on Friday, June 4th. Uh, this is something that's just big for me. I've seen the first season of The Family Man. It is an Indian uh, action thriller com- uh, uh, show on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm just gonna read the synopsis real quick. Or <clears throat> I'm gonna do my uh, epic voice. <clears throat> a working man from the National Investigation Agency tries to protect the nation from terrorism, but also needs to keep his family safe from a secret job. Um, it's a very fun show. Uh, it kind of g- <laughs> kind of gave me Spider Man vibes a bit, where he's trying to keep. His, uh, job, his secret job, his, like, secret identity, safe from his family while he's trying to stop, uh, I think it's Pakistani terrorists, uh, from kind of furthering, dividing the nation of India. And it is really good. Uh, there's an entire episode that is just a one-take action scene where the bad guys raid a hospital and the good guys are trying to stop them. Mm. It's so good. I can't wait to watch this. Uh, go check it out. Amazon Prime. Uh, next, we've got Sweet Tooth Season 1, uh, based off of the DC comic books of the same name, produced and created by the Robert Downey Jr. team. Iron Man himself uh, dropped on Netflix yesterday, June 4th. Uh, and the synopsis is, A boy wh- who is half human and half deer survives in a post-apocalyptic world with other hybrids. Uh, looks fun. <laughs> My voice is going out, so that... The epic voice uh, isn't really holding all that well. It seems fun. seems interesting. Go check that out. Uh, I'll probably check into it eventually, but especially after Jupiter's Legacy. I'm a little worried. Uh, and then lastly, we have... Ec- this one I could actually... Extreme. <laughs> I'm sorry for it if that's loud. Oh my gosh. My voice is getting scratchy. I need to wrap this up. Extreme. Two years after it, the brother... The brother. Oh my goodness. Two years after the murder of his father and son, a retired hitman sets in motion a carefully crafted revenge plan against the killer, his own brother. Kind of got a little country there. Uh, this just seems fun. I think it's... I think it's a Korean action movie. Uh, it looks insane. Uh, Korean action movies usually are. Uh, cannot wait for that. Um, and then my weekly recommendation... So, Release Radar. If any of that seems interesting to you, go check it out. Watch it. Make your own opinions on that. uh, Have fun. Uh, And then, finally, my weekly recommendation this week was the movie I was going to talk about until I watched the special. And that is uh, Black Dynamite. Oh my gosh. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And if you guys have not heard of this, um, I'm going to put an asterisk on this it is for a certain crowd uh definitely you have to have my style of humor <laughs> so if you grew up watching bo burnham definitely style of humor for you uh it is just it is parody gold it parodies uh 70s era black exploitation movies like uh dolomite which is also dolomite is such a fun bad movie um, but this movie uh just kind of mimics that style lead is michael J. white uh action icon uh who lends oh crap <laughs> i keep hitting my desk lends so much uh credibility to this movie and it is such a fun hilarious movie um where uh it's a bunch of like gangsters and pimps and then they sit down and have like a very in-depth uh discussion on greek uh astrological signs <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, but here is the premise. I'm actually going to... Black Dynamite is the greatest African-American action star of the 1970s. When his only brother is killed by the man, it's up to him to find justice. Dynamite! Dynamite! Ugh, the theme song? Awesome. The acting? Awesome. Uh, everything about this movie? Awesome. Easy... 10 out of 10 from me. At one point, this movie was in my top 10 movies of all time. Uh, it has slipped a bit, but not that much. Uh, but yeah, go check out black dynamite. Uh, let me know what you think of that. (laughs) Once again, definitely for a specific audience. It's a little spicy, uh, but it's, it's hilarious, man. Uh, yeah. So that has been this week's episode. Um, go watch everything I talked about. Uh, and let me know. Watching on YouTube, go down into the comments after you do all the things, like I already previously mentioned. Uh, tell me what you thought about a Black Dynamite, Conjuring 3, the, the Devil Made Me Do It, or uh, Bo Burnham Inside. What did you think? Did Bo Burnham Inside connect to you? I know it connected to a lot of people, uh, just not fully to me. I'd probably give that like a 7 out of 10 if I had to give a scoring for it. But what did you think about it? Did it make you laugh? Are you gonna go back and listen to some of the songs um, and just uh <laughs> you know it did it did it hit you that hard did did you resonate with it? Um, but yeah, thank you for watching today's episode of the Cinema Lounge. Um I'm trying to think of something to end this off on, but I cannot I've been your host, uh Garrett Inman, uh, and have a great day. I love you all very much uh get off the internet for every once in a while go outside have a walk uh you do not need a little bit of everything all of the time i nailed that crap love y'all have a good night have a great day